3: Good evening and welcome to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and we are bringing you a pre-Thanksgiving edition of the show. My co-host Larry Dersham and I are wishing you uh, early a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday next week. But as always, we scour the news for interesting stories and interesting guests and we did not come up short this week. Larry, who do we have on the line?
4: Before you introduce our guest, I have a few questions for our listeners. Was America really stolen from the Indians? Was Columbus a racist? Were Indians really peace-loving, communistic environmentalists? Did Europeans commit genocide in the New World? Well, in a new book that has just come out, titled Not Stolen, renowned historian Jeff Finn Paul systematically dismantles this relentlessly negative view of U.S. history, arguing that it is based on shoddy methods misinformation, and outright lies about the past. And he's here with us tonight to debunk these toxic myths that are currently being taught in too many of our grade schools, colleges, and universities. Jeff Paul was born in Florida, raised in Pennsylvania, and has lived in seven countries since he turned 20. The author of many books and articles, he is a professor of global history and economics at Leiden University in the Netherlands. And we're talking to him tonight in the he's in the Netherlands so welcome to the program Jeff thank you for joining us today
5: hi thanks so much for having me on Wendy and Larry
4: well Jeff it sounds like globe trotting
3: is uh, more the norm than the exception for you so I wouldn't be surprised if you did media at all hours of day and night thank you so much for, for joining us so your book, uh, shoddy methods, misinformation, outright lies about the past. Some of the uh, arguments you make, dismantling the negative view of U.S. history. I got to ask, how did you get interested in exploring this subject? Uh,
5: so what what did you say at first? How did the
3: how did you become interested in exploring this subject, the negative view of U.S. Uh, yeah. history?
5: Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I saw that really after the 2016 election, my fellow historians really went off the rails. They used to have a fairly balanced account of American history until around that time. I mean, even Bernie Sanders in 2016 could say that U.S. history was generally a good thing. But suddenly, in recent years, everyone is relentlessly negative about Europe and Europeans and American history. And so I thought somebody has to set the record straight.
4: Wow. Uh, the people of the United States will soon be celebrating Thanksgiving. and Although it was colonists and the Wampa, Noag Indians that celebrated uh, what's considered the first Thanksgiving by sharing their autumn harvest in 1621 in Plymouth, Massachusetts, thanksgiving has now become controversial for some why is this and should people feel guilty about celebrating thanksgiving
5: oh yeah well when you look at where this starts. It starts with a couple of Marxist activists in the 1970s. So this whole story that Thanksgiving was uh, racist, that it was exploitative, all starts with a couple radicals. So there's no reason that mainstream society needs to believe that. It's just that social media has spread their message too far. So in reality, that first Thanksgiving led to a 50-year truce between the Indians in the neighborhood and the pilgrims. I mean, that's pretty good by most standards.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, Jeff, w- one of the interesting things about Thanksgiving is we uh, currently, most people have become just so enraptured in you know, the, the where are we going to get our turkey and who's coming over and who's going to sit where now that we're uh, moving from poles to poultry <laughs> a yeah. little bit coming off the, the political summertime. Um, but, I mean, is it really commonplace that people really, really even know enough about Thanksgiving to even have this discussion. People like you know a lot about it. You teach about it. You speak and you write about it. But, I mean, is is the traditional or I should say the typical American family, do they even spend time around the table talking about anything other than, you know, who's passing the gravy and where we're going for dessert rather than actually getting into the history of our country?
5: Well, you know, that's it. I mean, Thanksgiving is, uh, you know, all, there's sort of a, a meme that Thanksgiving is a time when people get in arguments. But, of course, it's also a time when family comes together. And you're right. Most people don't really know one way or the other too much about it, except what they learned in school, which is mostly just stories for the edification of children. Um, but recently, there's been a whole slew of articles all claiming that Thanksgiving has this dark, bloody history associated with warfare and slavery, when in fact, almost none of that is true. But of course, everybody just parrots what they read online and read in the media.
4: Oh, here's a question for you. Uh, was Columbus a mass murderer as being taught in some circles?
5: Yeah. Okay. yeah. Can we dispel that um, list? <laughs> Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, people are saying that Columbus killed uh, millions of people on the island of Hispaniola, where he first landed, and that is attributable to some Berkeley professors in the 1970s, arguing that there were millions of people there before Columbus arrived. Uh, It turns out they just made that number up out of broad cloth. the census the Spanish took showed that there was only about 30 or 40,000 people on the island in 1530. And a new genetic study just showed that when Columbus arrived, there was only about that many people there uh, before he arrived. So the genetic wow. evidence is this whole millions of people uh, number is, is completely made up.
3: You know, it, it also looks like um, it's. I mean, your career is as a professor of economics and economic history, yet here you just know so much about history. Is there a tie in between uh, the historical evidence in the US and, and economics and economic history?
5: Yeah, well, you know what it is, is most historians these days are not trained with any numbers at all. So they'll hear a rumor like, oh, Columbus was a mass murderer and he killed millions of people, and they just repeat that, whereas I can actually go in, do a bit of the math, look at the sources and the numbers and realize, you know, they're making all this stuff up and or they just don't know what they're talking about. So sometimes you need somebody with a little bit of mathematical savvy, so that you can go and check those figures before you go repeating them all across the news media.
4: Oh, here's another question, uh, Jeff. Um, were the founding fathers uh, anti-Indian?
5: Yeah. Well, I mean, you hear that now all the time. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson were were plotting as much as they could to try to steal Indian land. Well, George Washington actually created a line against which white settlers were not allowed to go. So his whole policy was based on preserving Indian land when he was president. And Jefferson, for his part, he um, only wanted settlers to buy land from Indians that was voluntarily sold. And also he wanted certain lines to be left uh, for, for Indian property. So both of those major founding fathers we're not anti-Indian by any stretch, and yet that's what we hear all the time.
3: You know, speaking of anti-Indian, sometimes we hear uh, something about the story of Pocahontas. I know that that was sort of um, discussed. I guess that's the best term I can use during the 2016
5: election by, uh, by Donald Trump describing
3: another yeah. candidate. Uh, but <laughs> is this a, a story that, that we celebrate?
5: Well, that's just it. I mean, there's some people that say, oh, Pocahontas was a bit of a traitor because she actually married the English. But I mean, in some ways, you don't have to look at her as a traitor to her people, because she was doing what many Native Americans did, is they were interacting with the English. They were even falling in love with them. They were becoming, uh, you know, they were married, they were having children. Uh, And the same thing happened with a lot of white settlers who would go west and intermingle with the natives and become intimate parts of the tribe. So Pocahontas actually shows us the hybrid nature of our culture and how people have been getting along for centuries. The idea um, that she was uh, uh, separate from the settlers and was only an object of uh, exploitation is completely wrong when you look at the sources.
4: You know what's interesting to me, uh, Jeff, and this is my opinion. I'm not even sure Wendy shares this, but um, I think in, to transform America, like as some politicians have promised, uh, they need to make us forget our past. And I think it's connected to, in my opinion, tearing down the statues uh, that, that we see happening here and there and everywhere. But anyhow, here's another question for you, Jeff. Did the U.S. government spread smallpox on purpose to wipe out the Indians? No.
5: Well, what most people don't realize is the number of Indians who were actually massacred by whites was incredibly small. Less than 1% of the total Native population was ever subject to a massacre. Instead, most of them actually who did die, died of disease. So people then want to turn the tables and say, oh, well... It wasn't just natural disease. It was disease that was spread nefariously by evil Europeans. Well, you look back at this idea that they spread disease, and there is only one instance in all of American history where someone tried to spread disease intentionally.
3: Mm. Yeah, You know, um, Larry, did you have a follow-up to that? No, no.
4: Go okay.
3: ahead. Okay, we want to make sure that we, um, you know, we're probably near the very end of the show. I want to make sure everybody that is interested in buying your book knows where to get it. So, where is the, I suppose, easiest way to get it? Is it currently available online and in bookstores?
5: Yeah, it's certainly available on Amazon, of course, and it's also available in any uh, large brick and mortar chain that you can uh, that you can get. To.
3: <laughs> okay, you know, um, we we have about two minutes left, and I just. I'm sorry, Larry. Did you have a
4: question? Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to give the full name of that book again. It's called – the main title is Not Stolen. The subtitle is The Truth About European Colonialism in the New World by Jeff Finn. That's F-Y-N-N hyphen Paul, P-A-U-L. And uh, it's just a a great book. And there's so many questions. uh, I don't know if we have time for any more, but I have questions if, if you don't. But Go ahead, Wendy.
3: Oh no, I have a ton, but as I, I think we're almost at the very end, I want to make sure that um, we we express our gratitude for you joining us. I am not sure uh, what time it is where you are, but I can only imagine you are so gracious in uh, in accepting these media requests. And I want to thank you so much for for sharing some of the uh, just some really interesting work that you're doing. And you know, I, I think um, if our, our listeners would like to learn more about you, it's a it, it sounds like a very provocative book, which I understand means it's going to be a bestseller. That's what that's what that's you know, provocative ideas. So I want to thank exactly. you very much for joining us. All right. Hey, Jeff, so I, we, Jeff, I have a real quick ahead.
4: question. Do you, do you speak Dutch? I'm just curious.
5: Yes, oh. I do speak some Dutch, uh, but I yes, also yes. read about eight European
4: languages. Oh, nice. Oh, my Very good. Gosh. Okay. Very good. Wow. <laughs> High achiever
3: way to make us feel like we need to read and learn a little more. Okay. (laughs) for Our listeners don't touch that dial. We are coming right back for another half of today with Dr. Wendy. We will be back in a flash.
2: News cycle. Lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on today with Dr. Wendy on the answer, San Diego. Since 1991,
5: the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training
2: for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines Streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick.
3: Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. Well, we have an another fantastic guest for the second half of the show. And, you know, it, it's always interesting that we, you know, we have so many guests to choose from, and we also have a lot of interest Uh, in joining us. So sometimes we just get a really good fit.
4: Larry, who do we have for the second half of the show? Well, tonight we're fortunate to have David Johnson. He was a packaging engineer at Hasbro and also an insider for Project Veritas. He entered the public light after bravely exposing the critical race theory ideology being pushed at Hasbro by a contractor called the Conscious Kid, which believes babies can be racist and (laughs) five-year-old kids can be just as bigoted as their parents. David has just come out with a new book co-authored by Kent Heckenlively, titled The Diversity Con, The Secrets and Lies Behind the Shady DEI Industry. We'll learn tonight how this liberty-minded and politically independent author became motivated to do his part to save this country. Uh, David, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you for having me.
4: Uh, David, before we get going with discussing your new book, The Diversity Con, can you please tell our listeners what DEI is or stands for and why we should be concerned with its goals?
1: Sure. So I'm I'm sure most people have heard these terms by now, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, At the surface, they're meant to sound good terms promote um, equality of outcome and a fair system for all when in truth it is a very divisive and discriminatory ideology that is harmful for adults and children.
4: Wow. Um, Now, I've read, yeah, as a packaging engineer for Hasbro, you became aware of some of the dangers of diversity uh, education when you received training about how the company you worked for, which was Hasbro, was planning to influence children with DEI ideology without the knowledge of their parents. Uh, do you think that this kind of training heals race relations or does it further divide us?
1: Um, <clears throat> it will only divide America by race, by gender, by sexuality, by sex. Um, there is no path that we will get to through following diverse inclusive and equitable trainings that will lead us to a place of harmony these trainings inherently teach people especially young children that they need to judge other people based on what they look like and what they identify as and they also teach that certain groups of people are inherently oppressors that are keeping the rest of them down there is no path towards harmony
4: here it's so fascinating i saw a um, a clip on youtube uh, sometime it was probably about a year ago of this uh, DEI instructor instructing this captive audience in some company somewhere. And she said, if you're white, you are inherently racist and you can never fix that. And it was so discouraging and those poor employees were sitting there having to listen to that. And I said, how can that be helpful uh, in the future? But it it was just so interesting to me uh, that they're doing that. So this is another interesting fact. And I think you have an interesting take on this that maybe. I didn't even think about uh, now some of the goals of DEI. Are, we, we know what they are, but who is funding the push for this type of education?
1: This is being funded by some of the largest financial institutions in the West um, organizations such as BlackRock and uh, alphabet, which owns Google and YouTube are pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into these programs every year. In 2020, it was uh, over half a half, a billion dollars, um, wow. so it, it's it's coming top down from these large financial backers to everyday corporations. You've seen it at Target, Anheuser Busch. Um, it, it's it's a widespread problem that is facing the West right now that we have to be aware of if we're going to push back against it.
4: Now, again, I I don't know if you want to even get into this area, but what is the motivation behind BlackRock? I know they're supposed to be, I think, the largest investment company. Uh, they hold more assets than anybody else in the entire world. Um, why, are, why are they doing that? What's the, what's the goal of that?
1: The goal, from my perspective, seems to be to undermine American values as a whole um, the values of individual liberty, meritocracy, and negative rights. And in that process, to foment a racial and gender revolution in America, similar to the color revolution or other communist revolution that we've seen in other countries throughout the 20th century. That, that is the goal.
4: Well, and that's also trickled down to, I think, uh, I saw this in maybe one of the advertisements for your book about fe- uh, Facebook is involved, uh, Google perhaps, and some of the Absolutely. common things ones that we know about. And um, that's interesting. Do you think, how about TikTok? Do you have any opinions on TikTok? I, a lot of people talking about that, how it's influenced the young kids.
1: TikTok is an entirely separate beast um it, it okay. does promote these ideologies but tiktok is a how did, how do i best put this tiktok is a foreign uh, operation to corrupt america's youth if you look at china china's version of tiktok they're promoting math science and technology to to their children if you look at american tiktok you see gender identity you see topics about self-harm um it's it's not designed to even be entertaining. It's designed to collect data and harm the minds of the youth. Oh
4: my goodness! Well, wow. um, so uh, how how you know this is being taught? I think in the schools, right? Like perhaps the um, when does this start? The elementary schools, the middle schools, the high schools, college, universities for sure. But how how early does this start? The DEI. Um, there education?
1: are there are currently DEI trainings for even. Uh, children as young as kindergarten and preschool in this country. Um, So children at all levels of their developmental stages are being exposed to this on purpose. Um, And a lot of these organizations go after young children because they're impressionable. They want to influence them um, when they're very young so that as they grow older, they grow up thinking that it's normalized to be involved in these kinds of divisive and often sexually inappropriate um, topics
4: yeah, that that's another uh, thing that we have to have a whole show on on that why are trying to indoctrinate them is basically sexualize them as little kids and uh, but but it, it's so fascinating to me I, I, kind of going back to a previous question about Blackrock and uh, I think Vanguard might be in there too what is the leverage that those guys have on places like Target or uh, bud uh, you know Budweiser beer they must It sounds like those companies are scared of offending BlackRock. So BlackRock holds something over those companies, perhaps the ability to get loans to expand. What is it? Do you know?
1: It's financial backing and um, accreditations. So BlackRock or another financial institution might go to one of these companies and say, hey, we are starting a new DEI initiative training. And to the companies that complete it, we will give you the certification or we will give you funding. And if you don't, then we won't give you those things. And to people in the um, competitive market, it sh- it'll, it'll look to them like you are missing other um, accolades that companies might have that followed it.
4: It's almost like a a FICO score in a way, isn't it? I mean, if you don't measure up and do all these things, uh, we're going to give you a low score and it's going to cause you all kinds of future problems. It's always been interesting to me that it's kind of a balance. Like look at Disney, what they're doing, or look at uh, Budweiser. And it's almost like they're going against a large part of their patron base, Target 2, so many others. And they're just taking that gamble that it's more important to, a placate BlackRock and these other huge financial investment companies than it is to placate a, a large segment of their um, clients or customers, right? They're, they're taking that risk and they're, they're leading towards the big financing ba- financial backing companies. What do you think? Um,
1: no, you, you hit the nail on the head there. So a lot of these companies are taking the bet that it is more popular and more profitable for their bottom line to go along with uh, DEI and other similar ideological trainings. But the backlash that we've seen from the public at uh, Target and Anheuser-Busch kind of prove that the general public does not support these ideas, but because of not only financial pressures from the top down, but also social media gives these ideas an over an oversized um, proportion to, of influence that these companies will see on, say, Twitter. They'll see a lot of accounts that are promoting these ideas, even though it's not that many people in reality.
4: Ah, oh, okay. So, so here's a question for you. I mean, this affects uh, parents that have jobs uh, and kids, obviously teenagers, young adults. So, how do Americans resist this? Uh, how do you kind of like um, make yourself say, you're, "This just bounces off of you and it doesn't affect your thinking." Is there any, any ideas on that?
1: Absolutely. Um. So a big section of the book is how Americans can resist these ideas and this indoctrination in their daily lives but the first step of resisting something is being aware of what it is that you are trying to stop so Americans need to understand these ideas at a deeper level and understand how it's being subvertly pushed to them maybe through their companies like me and Hasbro or how it's being pushed to their children through toys through their entertainment the shows that they watch or at schools um, being essentially groomed by a lot of these teachers. So that that's the first step that Americans need to step, that they need to take. They need to understand what's happening. And then following that, the biggest thing is uh, vote with your dollars. Um, do not support companies that promote these ideas financially. Yeah. Yeah. Do not send your children to public schools knowing that this the schools are participating in these kind of trainings.
4: Yeah, that, that one is so hard. I actually have grandchildren that... Uh, my my daughter and son-in-law are putting their kids through public school, and I worry about that so much. But it's hard because both my daughter and son-in-law have to work, you know, to support the house they live in and so forth. And it's just a tough call for parents on a real-life level. But I totally agree with you. If you can get them in private school, um, whatever, or even homeschool, that would be just, just really cool that they could do that. Okay, I've got a question about uh, Project Veritas. You went undercover, as a whistleblower, was it dangerous? Were you wired? You don't have to tell me that how you did it, but uh, were you ever worried about losing your job or, you know, being found out about?
1: Um, absolutely. Uh, when I went to Project Veritas, they actually gave me the option um to hide my face for the interview or be public. And I, I chose to be public fully knowing that I could lose my job, but I wow. felt that because of my personal experience and who I am, it would carry that much more weight if my face was behind it. So I, I expected to be fired, but it was a risk that was worth taking and I don't regret it for a second.
4: <clears throat> That's good, and, and Hasbro, for people that don't know, uh, I think, don't they make toys and stuff for little kids? So, to see it, the DEI training, and Dave, even that is just kind of shocking to me, anyhow. Um, but we're getting a little bit towards the end of the show. Uh, I want to highlight your book. It's called "The Diversity Con," and then the subtitle: "The Secrets and Lies Behind the Shady DEI Industry." And it's by David Johnson and uh, another co-author, and. Uh, pick up this book, folks. You need to learn about this because this has invaded our, our culture now, and it, it's everywhere. So you need to know, learn about it and know how to resist it and to teach your children well about this. So uh, can people put this, uh, pick this book up everywhere? It's available now. It's actually published already, correct?
1: Yep, it is published. It is available in most locations where people buy books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, the publisher's website, Bombardier Books. Um, it is Yes. Yeah, they can pick it up any uh, general location for books.
4: That, that's great. And then you, your video, interv- when you went public on video, is that available still? Can people go to Project Veritas and look that up if they wanted to see that or or not?
1: Yes. It is on Project okay. Veritas' website, and it should still be on YouTube if they search up Project Veritas Hasbro whistleblower.
4: Okay. Fantastic. Wow. Well, this is this has been amazing. Now, I'm curious, you still you don't have to say this, but do you are you still employed by the same employer? Uh, okay. Well, no, I, I, I no longer work today? with
1: Hasbro in any capacity.
4: Okay. Well, thank you, David. This has been a real engaging and enlightening conversation. You have a great um, rest of the day, and I wish you uh, the best for book sales. I hope you sell a million copies.
1: Thank you so much. Really yeah. appreciate the time today.
4: Okay, thanks for being with us. Take care. We want to thank you for joining us in our
3: official pre-Thanksgiving edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. And we want to wish you and your families a lovely Thanksgiving holiday next week. And we will see you back here next Saturday night. God bless you.
2: Thank you for joining us for Live with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego.